Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm doing just great. We are closing in on football season, which has yet to be canceled. Yeah, you're always looking on the bright side. And I'll tell you, speaking of bright sides, if you want a bright side when it comes to picking out your car parts, you go to rockauto.com, and we'll talk about them in just a little bit. Jimmy, another episode, another full batch of recruiting topics for us to discuss, and that's always good news. Seems like just a month or so ago, everybody was wringing their hands about how bad Alabama's class was, ranked in the 40s or even 50s. And all of a sudden, Alabama has catapulted their way to the number two slot behind Ohio State. And Ohio State has 19 commitments, Alabama only 15. Um, Of course, yesterday, I think this is a good place to start. We'll start with Terrence Ferguson, who committed on Sunday, um, one of the top 50 prospects in the country, another huge offensive lineman, which gives Alabama one of the best offensive line classes I've ever seen so far. You know what separates uh, really good offensive line prospects from great ones to me, Luke, is always athleticism. I mean, the the best the best offensive line. I mean, some some people like the you know the guys that can bench press you know a Kia, and and that's fine. Uh, you know, th- th- there's a use for those guys for sure. But the very best, the guys that end up like first round draft picks, they're athletes, and that's what stands out to me about Terrence Ferguson, uh, not only is he big and strong, he's the requisite 6'3", 300 pounds, basically, uh, you know, with the long arms and, 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 and you know, he's kind of mean when he plays, which is great for offensive linemen. But, uh, but what really makes him an elite prospect, this is a really good athlete for playing that position. And it's another one of those um, vaunted double whammies. Uh, and we'll get to the Brockermeyers here in just a minute, but the Brockermeyers and, and Ferguson were double whammies in the sense that, you know, Georgia was the odds on favorite to land Terrence Ferguson, you know, since Ferguson really became a prospect. And Alabama comes in and steals him away from Georgia's home state. Same thing with the Brockermeyers. I mean, obviously, when uh, Blake Brockermeyer had twins, Texas fans have been drooling over those kids. Since you know, for 17 and a half years now, and here comes Alabama and they take him away. And it's like another friend of ours said, that's like John Hanna's son going to Texas. I mean, it's uh, it's unheard of, it's, it's crazy. But we'll talk about the Brockermeyers in a bit. I just think it's it's really good whenever not only you get a great prospect, but you steal him from a rival. And I know Texas isn't necessarily a rival per se. But ever since the Colt, if McColt McCoy hadn't gotten hurt, excuse, I've considered them uh, somebody that pisses me off. <laughs> Georgia is definitely a rival. There's no no other school in the SEC, I would say, not even LSU, that Alabama goes up against one on one. Like in terms of like, when you look at ultimately the list of players Alabama signs and the list of players Georgia signs, you're talking about we kind of recruited from the same pool of fifty kids. I mean, we, we, we go up against Georgia a lot. So taking one from Georgia is, is, is great. Like you said, kind of a double whammy. It means, hey, we got a good player, and now he's not going to play for Georgia. Uh, so it's kind of like win-win there. And whoever Georgia replaces him with is likely not quite as good of a prospect, right? I mean, we, we got the better 
guy, you know, uh, you know, mo- in, in most cases. So it was, it's a big win. He'll play quickly. You know, it, it's hard as, as a true freshman to play that spot. But, but to me, if, if you're playing, if you're starting in year three, which, which is ideally a redshirt sophomore year, to me, that's playing early for the offensive line. And, and I think that's a great target date for him. I think he's a guy who, who's playing or starting at least uh, in his redshirt sophomore year if it gets that far. And, and and with the guys ranked as highly as he has with the tools he has, we shouldn't be shocked if he, if he actually starts or plays before then. Uh, really good prospect. I hate that he's going to get overshadowed a little bit by J.C. Latham and the Brock bros, but uh, Terrence Ferguson is an outstanding guard prospect. I keep calling him guard because I think he's clearly going to play guard at Alabama because I suspect the taller guys, J.C. Latham and Tommy Brockermeyer, will be tackles, uh, and, and he'll have a better opportunity at guard. And guard is probably his best spot, Luke. But at six three and a half, and maybe six four by the time he gets to Alabama, uh, and with his feet, he's a kid that could play tackle. He's not a guard only, like some guys, like maybe a Chance Warmack was. But he's not a guard only. Uh, I, I just think that'll be his best opportunity at Alabama. I think so too, and I think that's where most people project him to be is is at the guard position, and um, you know, just another big time get for Alabama and Kyle Flood. I mean, he was recruiting his tail off, and man, this this coaching staff has really come together as a recruiting coaching staff. I mean, there was a lot of uh, worried Bama fans out there, but things have have shifted quickly as um. As boy, the the Will Ferrell quote from Anchorman that escalated quickly. It certainly stands <laughs> to reason here. Well, imagine imagine this: Nick Saban's still good at recruiting. Did someone somewhere believe that Nick forgot how to recruit or forgot that re- recruiting is important? Nick Nick's entire the entire Alabama football program under Nick Saban is built around the idea of recruiting the best athletes possible. I mean that's. That's the game plan. There is no other plan. It's not like there's a plan B either. That's plan A, and there is no plan B. And uh, it's just a matter of timing and and how they they went about it. We've talked about it here repeatedly on Locked on Bama. It's just the, 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 you know, the the Alabama slow start was Alabama was hoping to do things as normal. They were hoping there would be a summer camp season. Do do you think that because Alabama has – gone this route now less camp info because it's just frankly not available do you think this will be a trend for next year that maybe Saban will quit relying on camp quite as much I I doubt it I mean I think this is sort of uh contrary to the norm and I still think despite the fact that Alabama's moved up to the number two spot in the recruiting rankings I don't believe this is the way Nick Saban wants to do it no, I don't think so. But 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 uh, Alabama's success this year may lead them to maybe a slight, not not a decrease in how important the camps are, but maybe they'll pull the trigger a little sooner on a handful of kids based on their tape every year now. And to, instead of, or instead of like, all right, are we really sure this kid is what we're seeing? Uh, they might trust themselves a little more, you know, in terms of. Hey, we, we yeah, this we don't have to wait. We don't have to audition. I mean, if you think about it, it's a lot like acting, right? I mean, 
you know, Tom Cruise doesn't audition for parts, you know, so, so you offer Tom Cruise without making him audition, but sometimes, sometimes, you, you know, you, sometimes you want your hands on, sometimes you want them reading the script that you wrote before you pull the trigger on the part, on, on, on making the hire. So I, I think what might happen is Alabama might be a little quicker on the Tom Cruise offers the, you know, we really don't need to make Tom Cruise audition here. I mean, let's, let's trust ourselves a little more. We know what we're getting. We know what we're getting here. And, uh, and, and plus we don't want to insult the kid by, by making him show up and read the script. So, uh, I, I think that could have a small effect, but in the end, Nick Saban's going to do what Nick Saban's always done. And let's remember it was never broken. It was never broken to fix. Nothing needs fixing. It was always the best system in the country. We might have our nits to pick because what the hell else are we going to talk about on the podcast or on the message boards? Of course, we'll pick some nits because we got to be discussing football 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. But in the end, is Nick Saban going to sign a hell of a class? Of course he is. Oh, yeah. He's look, that's you're right. He has not forgotten how to recruit. And, you know, if we did sign a Tom Cruise, I would assume he'd be a punter uh, or a field goal kicker or something. But Slade Bolden. Yeah. We'll start yeah. calling Slade Bolden Tom Cruise. You know, but if you were, and also speaking of Tom Cruise, you might think of a few good men. Well, I think of a few good car parts. Where you'd like to go is Rock Auto to get these good car parts. They have an amazing selection. They have low prices. Mention that you heard about Rock Auto on lock, from Locked On, the Locked On Network, and they will appreciate that. We will appreciate that. You'll get a discount for that. Great people. RockAuto.com. You know the jingle. It's so easy to remember. That's how you know a jingle's good. If it's easy to remember, even if you don't like the jingle, if you remember it, it's doing its thing. And the Rock Auto jingle is both good and memorable. And uh, you can go there to check out their vast selection of car parts. Again, if you need a chassis or a timing belt or a brake pad or chassis um, big, I think a chassis big. I'm sure they sell uh, chassis. Chassis. The chassis market has gone crazy. No, you're, you're not. not going to order. Is it chassis that big? Uh, I think it's the whole. <laughs> Maybe they get you. the car. Isn't it like That's the whole the, undercarriage is? of the car? I think so. But then why don't you I call bet, that I, the I, undercarriage? No, fine. I'm new to this being a NASCAR fan. I've been a NASCAR fan since like May, so I don't know for sure. Yeah, but again, I don't think that's a chassis. I always thought a chassis was smaller than that, but I don't know. You know what? Chassis is a hell of a name. I don't. Why don't we know more people named Chassis? Anywho, rockauto.com. It's the best place to go to get your car parts. There's zero doubt about that. That's true. All right, Jimmy. You're spitting truths. I do spit truths. I just and I just spit. I mean, I've got a I've got a speech impediment. Um, Jimmy, let's do talk about the Brockermeyers now. And this is one of the biggest coups, probably the biggest story in the recruiting world right now. I'm maybe it'll be the biggest story in the recruiting world when all the dust settles. I wrote an article for the LX City Outlook for tomorrow and I you know, I'm having a hard time coming up with stuff to write about. It's easier to do a podcast where you and I can bounce ideas off each other. It's harder to do an, an article in the paper weekly when there's no sports or no sports I'm a fan of because what the heck? I mean, what? so I, I'm just going to start ranking things. And I said, here, the, the top 
Alabama recruiting stories for this year. And number one is the Brockermeyer twins to me. Um, you steal them from Texas, Texas legacies. Uh, we mentioned the John Hanna and his son comparison. It, I don't even know if John Hanna had a son, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know I should have done some more research there. But here's something you and I are on a text chain with a bunch of buddies. And one of them sent this statistic out. And I have not validated this, but I feel like it's it sounds very true. Okay. One of the things that uh, the Brockermeyers considered was that Alabama has had 16 offensive linemen drafted during the Saban era. Seven of them went in the first round, and at least two others went very early in the second round. Um, Texas has only had one offensive lineman drafted in the last 10 years, and he was a third rounder. Now, you, you know, <clears throat> I think it's easy to look at that and say, boy, that's huge in Alabama's favor. And that's true. If I were a Texas coach like Tom Herman, what I would say is, hey, you get to help us change this. You get to help us turn this around. You get to be the one. I mean, Alabama had to start somewhere. Alabama didn't have there, – there was a year, what was it, 07 when Alabama didn't have a draft pick. So Saban had to start somewhere. And I, I think that's where I would go with it if I were um, Tom Herman. I guess the problem Tom Herman's having is he's just not that badass of a salesman. Well, if he can't sell the Brockermeyers on Texas, I don't know who he can sell. I am sure – I have not because I haven't had the time. It would have been enjoyable, but you know, I have not had the time to go look at the Texas meltdown threads as a result of the Brock bros choosing Alabama, but I'm sure it's some A-plus comedy. Uh, in, in so many ways, it's almost like a bigger loss for Texas than a win for Alabama because it, it's just devastating for Texas to lose those kids, but – uh what a coup for Alabama. I mean, an elite tackle, an elite center, great kids, the intangibles. They check every box. Uh, God, what a big pickup for uh, for for Kyle Flood and, and Alabama. And what an offensive line group. Latham and Brocker, Latham and Tommy Brockermeyer at the tackle, James Brockermeyer at center, Terrence Ferguson at guard. It is hard to imagine, Luke, that Alabama has signed a better offensive line group in school history. Hard to imagine seeing a better offensive line group anywhere. I mean, and Alabama still could add, I mean, potentially a Marius Mims. I don't think they'd get him, um, but they could. So, um, you know, it's just really one of the best classes, uh, group uh, position classes I've ever seen. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's still a little early to say this, but uh, I, I think it is reasonable. It is not unreasonable to say that this could end up being the best recruiting class of the entire Saban era. And yes, I fully realize what I just said and what that means, but, but that's what I mean in terms of how it looks on paper, the day it signed, we're sort of on that track right now. Now it's going to depend on what some really highly recruited, uh, recruited kids like Damon Payne, uh, Jaquincy McKinstry, Jason Marshall, uh, maybe Malcolm Johnson or Brian Thomas. Uh, flipping a quarterback uh, that that's highly regarded. All, if all those things happen, yeah, th this could easily be the best of all the saving groups. Terry and Arnold, uh, another huge name. Uh, those kids are still out there and available. And uh, you add all those names, and, and it's just sick. Uh, some breaking news, Jimmy. Just as we're talking, 
California, state of California has announced that um, their high school football will be played in January at best. Um, January, December, actually. Let me see what it says. Breaking California announces high school football will be delayed until December or January. Wow. Um, that's huge. It really is because it's like a domino thing. Sometimes it's, it, you know, it takes somebody to be first or, or, or somebody big to come out and, 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 and it, it's, it doesn't get too much bigger than California, but different situation on the West coast. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make a blanket assumption. Here's my, my guess. Most states in the South are waiting to see what the sec does. And if the sec plays, I think there's going to be a lot of high school football in the South. If the sec doesn't play, then I, I can't imagine anyone will play high school football in the South. And I'm with you on that. I totally agree with that. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that after this break. So we're talking about high school football being uh, postponed. I want to get back to recruiting here in a second, but this news just came across the wire. Uh, just now, as we're recording this, not as you're listening to this, because that would be crazy. Um, but Okay, so I think if the SEC plays and and like the AHSA and the Georgia State High School Athletic Association, they all played Florida, whatever. You know, I, this could actually be good for football lovers because here's the deal: you could have all the Alabama high school football you want and and Southern high school football, and then come December and January, assuming that a lot of these other high school teams play, like California or New York or whoever else is going to delay. Maybe you get a lot more football that way, you know, but, but the, the more high school football, at least there's going to be zero chance that college wise, this will work. You can't have the SEC play in the fall and the PAC 12 play in the winter. That's not going to work. Um, Maybe not, maybe not, but it's a weird, <laughs> it's we're living on a weird planet right now. I I don't know that I want to rule in or rule out anything, but, it's funny, before you mentioned the California uh, breaking news story, uh, lately, today, last couple days, I've been feeling more optimistic that we're going to have football. It, it really is. I, I heard Alyssa Lang from SEC Network say this uh, this weekend on, on ESPN Radio. Uh, it, it's a roller coaster. It's like one day it feels like we're playing football, the next day there's no chance, and then the next day we're playing football, and the next day there's no chance. And it, it's, it's really an emotional roller coaster, but I do think – Luke, a decision will be made no later than the middle of next week. I, I think July 31st might be almost like a drop dead date in terms of like, all right, this is what we're doing, period. Uh, we'll put it this way. It, it, it could be canceled, period, or the decision can be made. No, we are going forward, and this is the plan for going forward for now because obviously things could change and, and it all stops. Yeah, and Jimmy, um, I want you to tell everybody you've got a new gig coming up. Why don't you tell everybody what you've got uh, on the docket, just really quickly, just a little self-promotion. We were going to talk about Jimmy's self-promotion with his new gig, but uh, he is not available. So we will uh, talk some more tomorrow. We also want to talk about Jaquincy Kool-Aid McKinstry and the fact that he has released his top three, LSU, Alabama, and Auburn. Most think that will come down to an in-state battle, which makes a lot of sense. Um, and Jordan Hancock, who decommitted from Clemson 
and has now committed to Ohio State. Alabama was on his list, but uh, everybody knew that was coming in favor of Ohio State. Very weird situation there uh, with Devontae Smith leaving Ohio State and the state of Ohio to come to Alabama. Uh, And then Jordan Hancock from Atlanta, which is right the road from Clemson, decommitting from Clemson to go to Ohio State. Just very interesting. And Kamari Laster may end up at Clemson, who's a defensive back from Tuscaloosa. We talked about that the other day. Just uh, very weird. Um, Jimmy will talk about his new gig uh on the next podcast it's very interesting with qb country and we will also talk some more recruiting on our next podcast so thanks everybody for tuning in you've been listening to the locked on network thanks so much roll tide